If you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, be sure to ask your doctor about Acrisure. Acrisure. That's, that, that's what that's what the Steelers' new stadium sounds like. Uh, one that, of those awful. I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> no idea where that was going. Acrisure. It's an. Be sure it, to ask uh, your doctor if Acrisure is right for you. Yeah. May cause sudden uh, bleeding. Yeah. Uh, loss of feeling. May and cause tired. sudden disappointment. Yeah. Massive disappointment. Massive nobody, disappointment. Nobody I have seen, uh, at least on the social media sphere, thinks that Acrisure Stadium sounds good. Uh, well, question. Terrible. They're an insurance brokerage firm, right? Correct. So, my thought, my, this is just one of those things that's so funny about Out of sports. Michigan, by the way. Not even yeah. like a Pittsburgh-based company. What's so funny about sports is is stuff like this, where a just dumb brain, I would have never thought like, oh yeah, I wonder what the lease is for Heinz on the naming of that stadium in Pittsburgh. Like, that never would have occurred to me that like that it wouldn't ever be Heinz Field. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah, yeah. You just think dumb it's football stay brain. And um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like that is so so weird. So, so weird. And it's one of they those. Had, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I think it's because um, Heinz is such a great nickname for that stadium. And like the look of it, the yellow and the mustard or, the, you know, the ketchup and they do. But like, you know, like the Bears or like Soldier Field or even I bet the better example is like the Chiefs. They just sold the naming rights to the field, but it's still Arrowhead. So it's like it's yeah. like. QR such, such field at Arrowhead Stadium, yes, but it's still like so, and they have to yeah. sit it like poor Mitch Holshouse has like this mouthful. It's like QHSSSY a field here at Arrowhead Stadium, but like that's why I think it's so important for like these owners. I mean, it was like the Staples Center when the Staples Center just changed in LA. When you're building your stadium, you should give it a name and then have it just a sponsor sponsor the net you know sponsor the field or the naming you know rights with it so it's still just like you know because people always pull that well what if the cubs sell you know wrigley fields well wrigley gum hasn't paid a dime in like yeah. 60 years it's more just that's historically just kind of fallen into it and if that ever sells it would be like it'd be it would be like toyota presents wrigley field you know what i mean it would never right. be you can change the sponsorships yeah. in and out but the name of what's being sold remains absolutely just one of those caught me completely yeah. off guard yeah and you know unfortunately like i it's something uh that i forgot was this year because i have no i had known in previous years that they were coming up on the end of the contract i was also just thinking well you know clearly they're going to re-up and be able to figure out how to you know do that Hines, though in pers for perspective over the 20 year period that they uh had the the field they paid a total of 55 million so they were paying roughly you know what uh five two and a half million per year that's uh, huge i mean and i'm so sure the steelers want a lot of money the steelers were like we need to you know have some and they just had the press conference today and art rooney said you know we need to we need to be in line with the other competitors in this field sofi for instance is paying upwards of 40 million per so we're talking about a uh you know <laughs> 20 yeah. times uh, the amount that Heinz was paying for that field. Now Heinz is a part yeah. of Pittsburgh history. They're, they're headquartered there. 
and H.J. Uh, Hines was literally from Pittsburgh. So they had roots there, and I think that's what a lot of fans were disappointed in, in that if it was going to be anything, have it be something else like a Permani Brothers or I don't know, whatever. But well, th- this deal is likely cut- in the realm of about, I've heard, $150 million. So that's closer. So probably 15 years, $10 million a year. Something yeah. like that. A, a little a bit closer to, to that. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, listen, SoFi is SoFi and it's beautiful. It's brand new. So they're going to pay that new stadium. Like those rights. Yeah. Are going to be. Yeah. And, it's, and LA, it's in LA. So the prime time uh, you're, you're going to host a lot more big concerts there that you get your name to versus a, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, in, in, in you know, the, you lose a lot of that for the outdoor. You're not getting a stuff. Super Bowl played in Pittsburgh anytime soon. Yeah, exactly right. I will say this though, you'd like to have think that thought that at least Heinz and them could have worked out a deal of like, all right, we want you hometown discount, but to stay, it's just wild. Acrisure, you know, uh, it does it, not roll off the tongue. You feel all. so, and you feel bad for them. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, it's the Chicago in the history of like Willis Tower, like. I think over time now it has settled in a little bit more. Like I'm not one of those people who like, I refuse to call it Willis tower. I think 99% of the time I'll still call it the Sears, but yeah. Cause don't you like, to me, I still think of it that way. Even I'm not even trying to, it's just how it, it is how it is. But I think, I think Willis has lasted long enough now too to have some, I mean, you say Willis tower, you know what you're talking about now. You know what I mean? And in a funny way, I think Acrisure they're smart enough to have known that like, there's going to be such a backlash. How many, I looked up Acrisure this weekend. One's, I bet they got, I bet the hits on their website and like the Google searches for Acrisure yeah. highest they've ever been. So, I mean, that alone was worth it. And now I do feel like, you know, football fans will over the next couple of years, you jokingly be like, well, it always be Heinz, but you'll know when you say Acrisure, you'll know, like it's Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah it, it'll, It'll have its way with it, and it's it is kind of funny that it came with the the whole new era of Pittsburgh Steelers football. You know, it's like it. Yeah, they're literally starting fresh. So it's you know Ben Hines ended with Ben, and you know they they had their their run there for twenty years, and uh, and now it's you know it went from Three River Stadium where they tore it down, Hines Field. This that it has always been that uh, with this new stadium. Uh, I, I've already seen some people saying that they're going to nickname it the shore or whatever, like Acra shore. Like we're going down to the shore type of thing. I don't uh, hate maybe that. That'll stick. I don't know. The I'll river shoreline. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's t- again, it's a word of the wise for anyone out there. Bears, you're about to build a stadium in Arlington Heights. Think about that. Name yeah. it palace stadium or something like that brought to you by United. You know what I mean? United field at Hallis stadium, you know, right. Yeah. Think, find a way to be smart in that. And I'm sure there's, you know, like those are the type of things be smart about it. Find a way to be smart about stuff like that. Uh, or else uh, the bears won't be guaranteed. It'll be something or absolutely horrific and stupid, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll digress. We'll get to that when it, when it sadly digresses to, well, that. I am interested in your uh, take Mark, as we get ready for the uh, football lounge here and um, we'll, we'll give a, a quick preview uh, as to what's coming up here, we're going to discuss uh, some big news at Baker Mayfield uh, trade, yeah. uh, some news on the Gronkowski front. Uh, we've got uh, a look at uh, the ESPN comprehensive uh, top 10 current what NFL quarterback list. Now, it, um, what in a which joke. They uh, pulled executives, coaches, 
uh, and players throughout the league to compile this list. And then finally, um, Mark has an interesting uh, look at the greatest quarterbacks for each franchise throughout history. And we're going to go over the, I believe, six that we disagree on. So stay tuned that, yeah. for that. But Mark, before we get to any of that, since we're on the stadium topic, there was news coming out about, you know, over the last week or so about the Bears, uh, you know, Mayor Lightfoot wanted to uh, propose putting a dome on Soldier Field. They seemingly just completely put the kibosh on that and said, nah, we're not interested. But what were your thoughts on that move? And where do you think you see this progressing? I mean, obviously they got the bid to buy it. It seems like an inevitability. They're going to be in Arlington Heights. But where, what do you feel about how where this is going, I guess? Well, I mean, that's such a – it's all now – for anything from here on out is just saving face. Lori, Lori has to do that in the city of Chicago. Remember, the city of Chicago and the Park District own Soldier Field, right? So the Bears are just a lease to them. And obviously, um, anyone who owns any property, you don't want to lose good renters who bring in – uh, record every year, record setting attendance. They always sell out. I mean, uh, the bears are that for them. They're an amazing, amazing tenant and they don't want to lose them, but they've lost them. And it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's, just, it's such just the landlord going to you after you've already told them, no, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to move. And the landlord making a last just effort, like, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'll finally put the laundry washer and dryer in unit. I'll finally do it. You're like, yeah, no, it's, I've literally already bought the property. I'm building a house right now. Like I'm, yeah. it's not, I'm not going to be here in a year. Um, it's just too little, too late. And again, the bears wouldn't have left soldier field ever. If Arlington park hadn't come open, it, it, there are so many things had to fall into place. I'm beyond, here we are almost a year later from all of that going down. And it just, it's one of those things that again, like I'm so comfortable with it now. I'm just so comfortable with it. Um, and I think Bears fans will be in the future going forward, especially once you start getting, here's what the stadium will look like. Here's the timetable X, Y, Z, and all the good things that'll come out of it. What's the capacity look like? Um, and, and, and for Chicago soldier field will be a, uh, they need it. The city of Chicago needs to continue updating soldier field. It's a now it, it, it's not going to go away. There's just no reason for them to tear it down or to go away. Yeah, they they would could still, still make it a dome. And they would still do them well to, to, to dome it and to have some sort of dome because you can continue to have events longer into the fall or earlier into the spring. Um, but it's still Chicago in the winter. So until you completely dome it off, you're not going – it's just not going to be um, a year-round venue. I don't think they should completely dome it off. If they do anything, it would have to be some sort of contraption that half roofs it, half – you know what I mean? Open a roof, closed roof type of thing. Because um, Chicago Lakefront in the summer, you just literally can't beat it anywhere in the country. So you don't want to lose Kenny Chesney playing outdoors. You know what I mean? Right. Along the lakefront yeah. in that venue. Uh, and, and again, they have the fire or a tenant there. It will just increase the amount of concerts that are there. It will increase the amount of events that come to Chicago. They use that stadium for, I, I think in the end, it's good. I mean, it's going to be magnificent still for the city. They'll get great use out of it it'll expand the use of soldier field for so many other ways. And the bears will be more able to be more competitive uh, for the next, you know, 40 years of their franchise, 20, you know, 2030 to 20, you know, at least 20 years, 2030 to 2050 of like when that stadium is still new and considered, you know, Jerry's world is coming up on close to the 20th anniversary and it's still yeah. thought of in that way. 
of a, is a magnificent stadium. So you get about a, a 20 year grace period when you build a brand new stadium like that to be thought of in, in, in that regard. So uh, the bears need some sort of jolt. So again, my, any sort of frustration is gone. That, that literally now any stories you get like that, it's just Lori trying to say, well, we tried, listen, we, we're throwing everything at them. The, ba- the bears are just evil and they're leaving us. You know, yeah. they're going to, they got to paint it like that. I mean, and if you're Chicago, you gotta, you gotta do that because you, you have to, yeah. you have to show that you don't want them to leave. Of course. And, and absolutely. Really don't. Yeah. Maybe Northwestern becomes a, finds a home there. You know, that, that could be, that, yeah, that, that could I mean, be an idea. The, the Northwestern and Notre Dame, like Notre yeah. Dame, they, they will find, it will be a college football venue through this, through September, especially yeah. the expanse of the big 10. Imagine USC, Ohio state, neutral site, Chicago, early September. That's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So soldier, it'll open soldier field up. And to, if you do the dome, maybe I mean, Chicago would be a great place for a bowl game. You know, yeah. uh, it, it, like you could find, you know, maybe a way Absolutely. To, to do that. You'd have to get a domed for that game. Well, but... see, the thing about it is the new stadium will be a dome. So the Bears will host right. new, you know, the Bears That's will host true. the That's Super Bowl. True. Chicago will host the Super Bowl with the new stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yes and no. Having, having the ability to cover it in ways expands the use of like more big artists saying, yeah, I'll play a summer show in Chicago because worst comes to worst we can still play in a rain. You know what I mean? Like we can cover it up, do things like that without having to fully dome it. Hey, there's possibilities again. Uh, you know, it's, um, the story is them. This is just PR stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the news broke last week, right after we recorded, basically it was a day later, um, Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. This has been something we've been speculating for quite some time this off season. Who were the Panthers going to get? Was it going to be Jimmy G? Was it going to be Baker? Or were they just going to mail it in and uh, try and stick with Sam Darnold or the rookie Matt Corral this season? But that has been answered as the Panthers trade for Baker Mayfield from the Cleveland Browns in a crazy deal uh, in which, you know, Baker ended up having to take about a $3 million pay cut. And then on top of it, the Browns have eaten roughly half that salary. So the Panthers right now get him at $5 million this year with the capability of that being $9 million if he plays 70% of the games, which we all anticipate he will. Uh, but that is the case right now with Baker Mayfield. And look, at the end of the day, I know people are saying about, you know, the Sam Darnold thing. Well, you're paying it. You've got him the fifth-year option. Like, you're going to be putting money into that. If you think about what they're spending in their quarterback room, it's still under $30 million total for four quarterbacks that they have, which is still more of a deal than a lot of teams have. No. So I, you know, even if Baker cost an extra 10 million, I probably would have been on board with the move uh, given largely that this is a trying to keep my job decision for uh, Scott Fitterer and for Matt rule. This was a smart move for them to go and get someone and Baker was not going to be back with the Browns. So what were your initial thoughts uh, on that trade for both sides of this deal? A couple things, the con, the way the trade actually worked, lets you know, you know, that's the story. You got to read between the tea leaves. If Carolina was like guaranteeing Baker's going to be our starter, no matter what we want to get this guy, they wouldn't have forced Baker to take a pay cut. Like if you look at the money, it breaks down. Baker was owed 18.85. I think it was. Browns are paying 10 Panthers are paying like five. And then the, and then basically Baker had to give up the other three. 
So I, I it, don't be fooled into this whole thing that like, oh no, like he's our guy. We got our guy. This is great. I think the I think behind the scenes, what the Panthers look at this as is we need to have another chance to figure out if Matt Rule is actually the guy. And I think the owner fairly said, and I think probably Matt Rule made his case to the management and the owner saying, listen, since I've been here, I have not had a chance with a what we know talented quarterback to show you what my offense looks like with a guaranteed starter in the league. Baker, for all his faults, is a guaranteed starter in this league. He's a starting quarterback. Sam Darnold, it looks like just may not be a starting quarterback. And I'm not so sure that Sam doesn't have a chance to win the job. I think it's obviously Baker's, they want Baker to start it. Cause again, I think it goes back to that Matt rule. You know, it, the, the hope is, Hey, Baker's probably not the long-term answer, but I can show you if we find the long-term answer, my offense and me, my coaching with whoever that quarterback is, is the answer. So there's a lot of those things at play. I think that is the, um, the kind of story behind the story. Now they're all going to say, no, 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 this is great, blah, 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 and it kind of lied to you in that way. But the money, follow the money. The money tells you what they're actually saying. Um, I think for Baker, awesome opportunity. Awesome, awesome opportunity. Think about how many first-round quarterbacks in the last 10, 15 years really didn't get a second chance. I mean, Mitch hasn't really got, didn't get his second chance right away. He's going to have a chance, but... Now it's really not a second chance to ever be, we're going to build around Mitch Trubisky unless he completely balls out. And even then it won't be with Pittsburgh. Someone else will have to take that opportunity to say, we want to build around Mitch Baker. I really do think has a chance to earn a three year or multi-year contract to be the starter for the Panthers. If he balls out, plays really, really well and can find a way to get Carolina to a playoff berth to put them in a spot where they're, they're going to be out of the draft picks for the top quarterbacks. And um, he plays well enough, especially with Brady retiring, to feel like, hey, this division could be ours if we build around Baker with this young, good defense and, and a couple other pieces. Now, it's a lot of what-ifs, and he needs a lot of help. Um, and there are some good pieces of Carolina. You know the roster. So I think it may, that's why Baker was willing to take the pay cut to do this because I think he knows with the division – if he, if he says to himself, I can get us to nine wins, I can get us to a wild card berth, Tom Brady retiring, if I could throw for 26 touchdowns, less than 12 interceptions, you know, that's always my kind of golden rule. Uh, it's certainly over that two-to-one mark and have a really productive season healthy. Um, there's no reason why Carolina wouldn't look at that and go, crap, you know, Atlanta's in chaos, quarterback chaos. Obviously, if the Panthers do that well, the Saints won't have done that well. And Brady's retiring, so we got to roll with Baker Mayfield because we have a chance to win our division two of the next three years, and you never know. All you got to do is get into the playoffs. Never goes to happen. Never knows going to happen, especially in the weaker NFC. So it's a huge, huge opportunity, but it's a lot of what-ifs. Yeah, I mean, obviously pressure's on for Sam Darnold here because uh, you, now you, you are fighting for uh, your career. Yeah, uh, career. Essentially, because if you, don't, if you don't win this starting job, uh, you might – uh, unfortunately by setting yourself up to be a career backup. Uh, if that's, you know, even the case, uh, moving just forward. even a, just even a guy in the NFL at that point. Yeah. Right. Uh, Baker, uh, it, that whole situation was unique because it didn't, neither side had leverage. The Browns yeah. didn't have leverage because everyone knew 
that there were only two suitors and um, that the Browns were in a tough spot financially uh, with this deal. Uh, Baker didn't have much leverage because there were only two suitors and because um, he's not a superstar, a quarterback in the league. And so it's uh, it, it was one of those situations where both sides really probably didn't end up getting what they thought. Uh, I didn't. I forgot to mention it's a conditional fifth round pick that the Panthers are sending. Could be a fourth, um, and likely will be a fourth. Um, you know, if he wins this job uh, in 2024, not even next year's draft. So, I mean, it really shows you kind of the state of of where the the franchise was in Cleveland, uh, and what they kind of had to do with this deal. I agree. Uh, you know, Baker and uh, the GM Fitterer had their press conference today about the move. Uh, it does seem that Baker kind of understands the opportunity that's here there. It's a, it's a team on uh, ascending and on the rise and they just kind of need to get over that hump. Perhaps he could be the guy that, that does it for them. Uh, Fitterer made it clear that this is going to be a fairly equal rep situation between Darnold and Mayfield. Darnold Um, has the edge there. He knows the offense at least. He does have the edge from the offense. Yeah. And that, that is something that, uh, you know, the familiarity and, and what he's, um, and, and despite even the turnover at the offensive coordinator spot, uh, he still has has been there with Matt Rule and kind of knows what Matt Rule's philosophy is. I still, after all of this, would be very surprised if Baker doesn't win this job. Agreed. If Baker doesn't win the job, I, that says a lot to me. Despite the advantage over. that Darnold has, his career is over. I, I mean, he's a he is then a, a a a penny on the dollar backup if he can't win the job. Yeah, I mean, you got it. You got to be able to take over the reins there and um, and bring this team forward. And as we said, a lot of it still is going to ride on the health of uh, Christian McCaffrey, despite yeah. any of this. Absolutely. <laughs> but we'll see about that. Also, the Seahawks reportedly uh, kind of moving a little bit closer to this Jimmy G yeah. situation. I've, that's his only spot now, right? I mean, outside of potentially Atlanta, I but I don't see it. We haven't heard anything about Atlanta pursuing this. Uh, it's still weird to me that, I, you know, Mariota is going to be the guy. Atlanta's the in tank season, mode. But. Atlanta's in tank mode. And they'll, and yeah. Ritter may get a chance to show off. You know, I will say, final point of Baker, one of my bold predictions, we always do the bold predictions before, you know, we'll do those sometime early in August for the yeah. NFL season, was going to be that Matt Corral starts more games than any other rookie quarterback. Uh, if they had not made the trade, I, I figured he probably would have been end up starting by like week three about that. And and uh, mm. maybe have a chance to start the most amount of games, but I, um, I don't Gonna think have that's, to rework that one most likely. I don't. Right? I I have to find a new uh, bold strategy. Um, you know, for Jimmy G, I I think Colin, I thought Colin Coward nailed it today. I'm just going to give credit to him. His his take on this was, um, I think the San Francisco 49ers have probably plenty of opportunities to move Jimmy G, but to get the most value. Seattle, if they're desperate enough, you're going to have to say to them, we need more from you because you are a division rival. I think, you know, Coward was saying like, maybe you could get a second round pick from Seattle for Jimmy G because, you know, we're basically saying, here's a guy who's been to the Super Bowl in the last couple of years and you're in our own division. And so that's, we have the possibility of us making ourselves look bad. Um, So interesting enough, I'll just say in the end there, um, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, wait to see, I gotta, I gotta wait to see on, uh, on, on what exactly goes down with Jimmy G I, I'm not going to predict. He's going to end up 
there. I'll just put it that way. I'm not, I'm just not predicting it. I still think very much so the 49ers would like to see Jimmy G in camp uh, and how he, and how he plays and, and that film of him throwing the ball around playing really good. Uh, and you never know who could get injured sometime in camp, knock on all the wood, sure. uh, you know, so I, I'm not just done on that yet. I can see two sides of this equation. One being um, sometimes uh, the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't. And so if he is, if you take put him in division, uh, at least, you know, what Jimmy G's about and you know how, you know, you can maybe uh, attack him uh, on the flip side. Uh, Jimmy knows as personally the Kyle Shanahan system as anybody in the league. And so while uh, sometimes people make too big of a deal about knowledge of other teams because scouts and personnel have such detailed knowledge, especially of their rivals, uh, it would be quite helpful for Seattle to get a guy in there to know some of those minute details uh, and the lingo uh, and language of the Kyle Shanahan offense, but um, not a whole lot of spots that, that would make a, a great deal of sense for Jimmy. Um, you know, I, I, I thought new Orleans would be a, a nice spot for him to go. Um, but all we're here in is Seattle. And yeah, I agree. If you can get a second for Jimmy and you're going to have to eventually move off of him uh, that you might have to strike while the kettle's hot in that regard rather than try and wait around uh, for, you know, something comparable down the road. But then again, as Colin has talked about quite a bit on his show as well, 49ers might be in a spot where they're not super comfortable with Trey Lance either. And so they're like, ah, do like, do we hedge here? You can, Uh, do do we hang on to, to a guy that could potentially be, um, you know, the backup here. And and normally I I would say, normally I would say you, you can't do that. You got to let your young quarterback have a chance, but I think the 49ers are in a unique position where they were in a Super Bowl. They just made an NFC championship game with this kind of current construct of their core. And they can say, look, yeah, we gave up a ton to get Trey Lance when we could have just drafted a Justin Fields or a Mac Jones. You know what I mean? It looks like. Yeah. And maybe even Trey Lance, depending on where he falls on the board. Um, I mean, they moved up. Remember all the way to three, it was one, two, three quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in that draft. And they gave up a, a, a an absolute fortune to get there. So, yes, that's there's the pressure to that. But also, I think they they had the right to say we if they came out and Shanahan and and uh, John Lynch came out and gave a press conference said, guys, when we drafted Trey Lance, it was the idea of a ten year plan, knowing this was a kid who was going to need so much water and time and and soil to grow and to blossom. You know what I mean? It's not a shot at Trey. Trey could absolutely play for us right now. But Jimmy G right now gives our team the better chance to win. And we have a team right now that we feel like in the NFC could compete for a Super Bowl. We're starting the season with Jimmy G. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I Trey mean, that's has the every thing is their roster is yeah. very much ready to win now. Like that they, they, you have the pressure of like you have to get get all the juice uh, out of the orange that you can. And uh, th- this is their opportunity. That's the type of stuff where, again, I, I just, they're in a, they put themselves in this situation and, you know, uh, and so I think they can wiggle their way out of it, but it's going to take a lot of dancing. Um, and again, 
there's that opportunity. I don't know Trey Lance's personality well. I don't know if he's comfortable with that, or I don't know if there's people in Trey Lance's camp who are looking at the 49ers like, get him to bleep out of here. Like, give me a chance. Let me have my chance. I can't prove to you to be the starter unless you give me my chance. So I don't know. It's going to be very, it's going to be very interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I really don't see what the problem, I mean, this used to be commonplace. Obviously it's not anymore, but it's just different. If they, if they different. rest him for one more year and get him those reps again, get him even that much more comfortable. Meanwhile, winning games with Jimmy Garoppolo, trying to make a push for the playoffs. It's only two years. Like, it's really yeah. not that long. I that's mean, a how, lot long, of that's how long waiting. Aaron Rodgers sat for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will say, you though, know? Dan, it's just – it feels different, and it feels like when you see guys like Justin Herbert come in the second game and just explode, you're, you – that's what – that's the transformational talent. So Joe Burrow, starting of the season, like, oh, my God, that guy can play. And especially with how shaky Trey's starts were, um, it, it's a t- it's a tight rope to walk. It's a balance, but I again I just think so much of it. If I'm the Niners, if I can get a second round pick from Seattle, I'd absolutely do it right now because second round picks are really valuable. They're really valuable, and you gave up a second to get Jimmy. And I would argue, in the end, your time with Jimmy was successful. He got you to a Super Bowl, got you to another NFC Championship game, winning giant playoff games on the road at Lambeau Field. And you get in return, you paid him his money and you get a second round pick back. If Seattle's willing to do that, I don't care. It's a division rival. You'll still kick the crap out of Seattle this year. You should at least. Your roster's better. I think your coach is better. Um, uh, And so you can't be scared of that. But I will say, I do think there's something about John Lynch that goes, we all know the way the NFL works. If, If X player, again, knock on wood, all of a sudden tweaks their knee and they're out in any knee surgery in, in mid August for a contending team. Jimmy Garoppolo is the name to call. It's the right. name to call. And, um, and so you might be able to get a, a second and more at that point in time. Um, but who knows? You just, you just, it's a, they're, they're dancing a thin line. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, finally, uh, to wrap up the, the bit of news, Gronk, uh, in an interview yeah. today was, you know, asked about, you know, his potential return to the field this season, despite retiring very recently. And I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt, I suppose, but he seemed to put the kibosh on the idea that a return is possible. You know, in the past, he had been a little bit looser with his terms. He had said, you know, I'm not never going to say never. Uh, but this, he said, I'm done with football. I'm ready to go into the business world. Uh, he has opportunities with his dad and his brothers in the business field. He obviously has opportunities in several other ventures that he could choose to go into. Um, you know, in the interview, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but just his body language, it, it did seem like a guy that's just very comfortable with his decision. Um, I I don't know what you make of it. Um, it's obviously not, you know, groundbreaking news, uh, but it's something that uh, people had wondered about, and now he he shed a little bit more clarity on that situation. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just going to be one of those things where it. <laughs> I, it's not that I'm not buying it, but uh, I think Gronk is still leaving himself open to where um, if it's November and it's only a certain amount of games, I, he'll take the call. And, in, yeah, and until yeah, you don't yeah. take the call – I think you have to say, and, and listen, once you flip flop once, 
Like I said, I believe that Brady retired. I, I said on our show, I, I believe you in that first time because it takes a lot to get to that announcement. Once you break that kind of trust, it's like, all right, well, I just don't know. I just don't know. And and listen, I think Gronk is saying all the right things, and I hope he is enjoying retirement. And if he's actually retired again, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, and him and Ben Roethlisberger will be sharing the podium together in uh, five years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, I want to offer a correction from that. That just reminded me from a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the uh, depth chart at tight end for the uh, Buccaneers. I mentioned that OJ Howard was there, but I forgot he actually got traded. So he is a Buffalo Bill now. Um, so hey, good for Cameron the Bills. Great. And uh, yeah, some other dudes. I, I don't even know who else, but uh, just wanted to offer that correction real quickly. Okay. The NFL uh, or ESPN, I should say, uh, did a, did a survey with the NFL executives, coaches, yeah. uh, owners, and uh, players, and, you know, put them all together and compiled the top 10 quarterback list. And uh, this is what they came up with an interesting list. And we'll kind of offer our thoughts uh, on that as well. But yeah, you it's important to remember again, just to our listeners, it's just really important to remember. This is not just ESPN writer. They, they compile right. basically like they sent out a bunch of lists to all these people and they said, you rank them, rank, rank the top 10 guys. Um, the objective is to find the best players and uh, they talk about, um, they say the voters gave us their 10 best players at each position. Then they compiled them and it's a simple ranking based on those top 10 votes. So again, they asked executives, coaches, players. Uh, they don't say if they asked all the executives. They don't say if they asked all the coaches, all the players, but they did yeah. a handful of players of each ones. They said so a total of, of 50 voters, 50 voters. So yeah. probably about, you know, 10 of each category to say, give us your your guys for the 10 best passers. And I think, um, you know, they say quarterbacks, they, they, they word it in different ways, but I think we all know what you mean. Who are your 10 best quarterbacks if you're trying to, you know, win yourself as many games as possible this year? And they did come out with um, a, a list of uh, several other uh, positions as well um, starting I think the fifth yeah so uh, those might provide some good uh, ones for us to kind of go over uh, throughout the summer as well here uh, we can take a peek at um, but we'll start with the quarterbacks obviously the most important position so the first one uh, a, uh, the consensus pick amongst uh, all of them compiled together Aaron Rodgers comes in as number one number two is Patrick Mahomes Number three, Josh Allen. So Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, top yeah. three. Then Tom Brady. Then Joe Burrow, number five. Number six is Matthew Stafford. Number seven, Justin Herbert. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number nine, Deshaun Watson. And number 10, Dak Prescott, interestingly enough. So obviously we have some thoughts on this. We kind of discussed our... Uh, reaction to uh, Chris Sims top 40 quarterbacks. And in that yeah. reaction, uh, we discussed kind of how we would rank our top uh, 10. And I'm not sure if your, yours has changed at all, Mark. Um, mine certainly has some disagreements with this one, but the talk of social media and um, the talk of several shows uh, on ESPN and elsewhere throughout the uh, last couple of days 
has been the snubbing of Lamar Jackson in this top 10 list. And I know you went on Twitter and, uh, you know, voiced your uh, disdain over that as well. That is a surprising one. If you just thought about who you want to start your team with this year, you get, you get to pick a 10 quarterbacks. The fact that uh, Lamar is not on that quite surprising. I'm not sure how that happened. I, yeah, I think these lists, again, we don't know everything that went into it, and I certainly know how this game works. I work for a media company, peel back the curtain here, and one of the most important things that you do, you can do right now in the world of media, and, I, and, we, and I'm, I'm just peeling back the curtain, is get clicks and scrolls. So clicks and then scrolls, whether it's on your app, whether it's on your, your web browser, your phone, on your desktop, wherever it is, Clicks and scrolls. So I'll just say this. In my just pure opinion, I don't know how anyone can sit there after Aaron Rodgers and what you watch in that playoff game against the 49ers and and then watch the playoff game against Mahomes and Allen and how they battled for their teams. They never gave up. They took risks. They were aggressive can sit there and say, if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl this year, if my life depends on it, and I need to win a Super Bowl this year, how you could take Rodgers ahead of those two guys. Yeah, I think yeah, Rodgers yeah. is even behind some other guys on this list. I have Rodgers ranked sixth as far as right now, what I would take as far as I need to win a Super Bowl, and I and this year my life depends on it, so I'm building my roster off of that, the best of the best in each position. I would go with him I think there's five other quarterbacks I trust right now uh, to get me to a Super Bowl this year ahead of Aaron Rodgers after everything I've seen from Rodgers in the playoffs. I mean, it's about winning. It's not about throwing a really pretty ball. Uh, and, and, and yes, he's uber talented, but that collapse against the 49ers where it looked like his level of interest in playing was, was barely any higher than Kyler Murray's. I, I just don't see at all how you can put him above uh, those two guys, especially, let alone a couple other guys on this list that I would argue for. Yeah, I, I don't agree with Rodgers being a number one either. For me, he came in as uh, my number four quarterback. Uh, I had Mahomes, Allen, Tom, and then Rodgers. That kind of was my top four. And then Russell Wilson was right there at number five. Uh, I could see a debate between Wilson and Rodgers. Honestly, it's uh, more of a, a preference thing, I guess, than anything else. Um the the fact that Dak Prescott, like, because to me, yeah, I, he wasn't on the bubble for me. In in my top ten, I had Deshaun, I had Lamar at nine, and then I had Deshaun at ten, uh, Derek Carr at eleven, Kyler Murray at twelve, and yeah, Dak at thirteen. Thirteen's not so on the bubble. I I don't see how yeah, you agree. put Dak. How do, how is Dak ahead of those guys? I would imagine I could see maybe you can make the argument about Murray because Murray hasn't had, uh, you know, the, the success and uh, you know, there are questionable leadership qualities there, but like I would absolutely take Carr over him, Lamar over him. No question. I mean, those two guys definitely are there. Dak gets a high Dak must've gotten really high ratings from certain groups. My guess would be the players. My guess is when the players rankings come in, he was there. He ended up in the top five for some people and, and that, and that weighted it to where he falls in. Um, um, and executives have never liked Lamar Jackson. So I'd imagine that's probably where that fell is that executives are scared of Lamar Jackson. They're scared of what the Ravens are so confident and have done so well, which is 
no, no, we're just going to build our football team around this guy and everything he does really, really well. And we're going to be, again, the Ravens are the most unique NFL team. No one else plays like them or looks like them. They're the good teams. Trust me, no yeah, one else right, is going right, to play right. like the Texans this year. They're not going to look good. Uh, but, you know, in, in the sense of being a, a good team. So, yeah, absolutely. J Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback. Whether you want him 10, 9, 8, I think it's hard. It's hard for me to put him in the top seven right now with just other guys, how they're playing and Lamar coming off a down season. Um, it's harder for me to put him ahead of, of seven guys, but if you want to put him eight, nine, 10, I'm a hundred percent comfortable with that, but he's absolutely in that top 10. I go with Kyler at 10, just purely based on the talent and like Kyler's type of guy that I would feel really good about winning games in the regular season. And then if I'm in the postseason, he is kind of like Deshaun Watson was two years ago when, you know, they were up, what was it? 21, nothing on the chiefs, 24, nothing on the chiefs in the second quarter. Like yes, when you put that just pure talent on the football field in big moments, you never know what can happen. And Kyler's got a lot of that in him. Um, and so I, I, I put Kyler ahead of, I don't have Deshaun Watson in my top 10 right now. Um, because again, I just, I be legal stuff aside, I haven't seen him play in long enough. And yet I've seen all of these guys play in the last two years. And I have more current belief and data on them than I do on him. So I, I lean towards that. I have Stafford at four currently and Burrow at five ahead of Rogers. If you're wondering who I have ahead of Rogers, again, that's purely based on if, um, if I need, I, these guys, not with their current teams, I'm just picking them to build my team around. I need to win a Super Bowl this year. I like them. I like what I, I mean, as soon as, now that Stafford's won a Super Bowl, he absolutely belongs in the, in the conversation with Aaron Rodgers. And I think currently, even though Rodgers is the MVP, currently Stafford, the way he, he performed in that playoff run, it shed all doubts to me that if Stafford's in big moments, he's going to perform bigger currently than Aaron Rodgers right now. And Joe Burrow, again, I, I love, I just absolutely all the moxie, all the talent, uh, all the leadership in the world, all the dog, uh, as we, a lot of Zach Wilson dog talk, uh, Joe Burrow has <laughs> yeah. all the dog way more than Aaron Rodgers and his creepy tattoo. Yeah. That tattoo, my goodness. It's like, uh, uh, Colin Coward was spot on with that one. Just talking about this. So on brand, uh, because, yeah. uh, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers goes with the cryptic tattoo and make everyone wonder I think what it's about. PFT commentator from, uh, from part of my take said it to me best was that tattoo looks like what Kyrie Irving thinks his own brain looks like. <laughs> like that was like, yeah, that I, lost, so I listened to that. I, when I heard that, I literally started laughing out loud. I was like, uh, yeah, PFT nails it again. Like, but that again, like I, I'm sorry. And maybe people are going to say, yeah, it's a bears bias, whatever. I think right now, going into this season with all his retirement talk, not even just talking about the talent around him, just like who you are as a person and as a player currently, I don't trust Aaron Rodgers as much as I trust those five other guys to lead a team, grit, determination, moxie, put blood on the line, playing injured to get me to a Super Bowl. He is then the best of that next group because his talent is so undeniable. And maybe I would hope that if I brought him into my group away from Green Bay and my team and built a team around him, he'd be more happy and motivated and you could work with that. But I just can't guarantee that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, 
some of these are bonkers, by the way. The lowest ranking for some of these guys. Patrick Mahomes was as low as five. I don't know who in the world. Mind blowing. Uh, has him at five. Um, Josh Allen was as low as seven. Makes no um, sense. Tom Brady as low as eight. I, I, you can maybe argue just uh, based on like talent. He retired. But, uh, I'd and still take her. him as the leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would never be eight on my list. Joe Burrow was out of the top ten in uh, in his lowest ranking. Uh, youth, okay, maybe I guess. Uh, Stafford out of the top ten in his lowest ranking. Russell Wilson was out of the top ten in his lowest ranking. What? What? Herbert out of the top ten in his lowest ranking. What? Yeah, like, the, who are, who's putting? Who him? are the? Who are putting, yeah. You know, who are the ten? I don't know. Crazy. Those must be, they interviewed a player from a, you know, like a Seahawks player. Who's like, screw this. Russell yes, Wilson. Not, you know what I mean? Like to get him out. Of the, yeah. And, I, and again, they, yeah, that's yeah. just the type of stuff you don't know. You'd like to think people in the NFL players, coaches, executives are all smart enough to really flesh it out. But I do feel like this is one of those things where fans may know a little bit better and, and people not saying that we're perfect, but I think people like us who are fans first, who then really love to analyze the game and try to put it into some perspective and remove some fandom. I think both of our lists make way more sense than, and then a lot what you're seeing there. And um, if you don't have some sort of combination in Mahomes and Allen one and two, then I, I can't help you. Like I just can't, yeah, I, just, I can't help you understand it better. And just to put a button on it, Lamar Jackson is 37 and 12 as a starter. That's uh Hard yep. pressed to find someone who who wins as much, uh, being left off of a list. Yep, of this caliber because uh, Dak's record, for instance, uh, you know, not nearly as uh, endearing. Uh, all right, Mark, uh, you had this um, this list that you had seen, and so it prompted you to kind of make a list. Yeah. I'll let you kind of introduce this next uh, portion that we're going to go through. Uh, just kind of a fun, silly thing that we want to do here again. We're in the dog days of summer and uh, finding things to talk about. I saw a list that was uh, the ranking of the best player in each franchise and I thought well that's interesting but that can be so overtly subjective it's hard to really kind of flesh out so I went with uh, I said Dan why don't I create a list I'll make a list of to me the best quarterback in every franchise's history and I'll send it to you and you find the ones you disagree with so Dan if you want to go through the list and say here's where we agree like can quickly go over the ones we agree on. We don't need to spend much time. Then there's a, a couple that it's like we do have disagreement on, and we can kind of see why we disagree and 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 uh, and and argue through who may be right, who may be wrong there. Okay, and I like how you set it up because you put it in there uh, in terms of division. So how about we do this? How about we go through the the divisions? And then wherever we have a disagreement, we stop and we discuss. And then Great. we keep going. We, we keep rattling them off after that. So we'll start in the NFC and we'll go with the NFC North. The Bears, we'll, we'll start right off with a disagreement here. Yeah. Because you have Mr. Jay Cutler. And um, I, this really actually surprised me quite a bit, actually. Kid I, uh, to me, Sid Luckman is, um, is a surefire uh, best quarterback. Uh, now, overall talent, if that's only what you're going off of, I can see the Cutler uh, argument. But Luckman brought four championships to the Bears. You know, was an MVP. He was like yes. an all-pro yes. eight years in a row. Like, uh, what What? So, what gave Cutler the edge in your mind? Was it I just like Jay Cutler. I, it's really arm? what it is. You know, it's just I like Jay Cutler. I think um, – okay. so it's, 
If you know, my list is good. I waver back and forth. A lot of it's preference. And then a lot of it's like, I'll take talent over. Like, to me, I know that if Sid Luckman was around today, and even if you gave him the proper training, that Jay Cutler's going to be a better quarterback in the modern NFL than Sid Luckman could ever be. Jay Cutler, I also think, is one of those guys who could really translate to previous eras. He's a tough guy, uh, really athletic, can run the ball big. Um, so it's just a little more preference. To be honest with you, I, I wanted I, a large part of it, too, is it just preference. Like, I think Jay Cutler deserves more credit for what he did with the Bears. I think, they're, and they, I think I'm trying to defend him a little bit more. Sid Luckman, I'm not going to argue too much on that. I think um, I think most people would probably go with Sid Luckman. I'm going to go with Cutler to show him love uh, because I do think he is the most talented quarterback the Bears have ever had played the position, and I think he dealt with some really bad decisions, uh, and I think if they would have kept Lovey and get kind of core around and, and, and given Jay um, uh, a little bit more consistency, that uh, Jay could have had a, an even more illustrious career uh, for the Bears in there. And, and he is the all-time passing leader for the franchise. I know it's a different NFL. There's some stats to back up Jay being the best quarterback. Yeah, I guess Lugman, who's a, he's a legend for the Bears, but um, I'll go with Cutler in that that regard. I got you. Cutler never uh, intercepted three passes and threw five touchdowns in a no, he didn't do that. game. I, I, don't, I don't believe that happened. Part of uh, that's why, and that's again why you have to remember Luckman. Like, talk about a different era. Like the dude yeah, played defense. Like the dude yeah. played defense. So, I, 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 I thought. I, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that plays into my like. All right, as you notice, I go back deep into the woods for some of them because some of them I think deserve to go deep. But for the Bears and their non-history of quarterbacks, I, I am comfortable saying Cutler's the best. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Lions, no disagreement there. Matt Stafford. It's, yeah, uh, easy one, easy one. Yeah, open and shut case. Packers run into a different uh, uh, one right here. Yes. Mark says Favre. I say Rogers. Um, probably, a, I, I think we're both going to be able to make good arguments in yeah. favor of it. It's going to be hard to. This is um, one I think you'd see a more of a split, probably 60-40 Rogers if you pulled, you know, a hundred or you know a couple hundred really big NFL fans who's the better or even just Packers fans who's the better quarterback in franchise history Rodgers yeah. or Favre Favre more Super Bowl appearances both won Super Bowl Aaron more MVPs but Favre I think endeared himself to the franchise more and I think people are now looking at Favre's exit even more in favor of Favre, knowing Rodgers, knowing how Rodgers is kind of handling his exit from the team um, and knowing what the Packers do. Listen, I think it's preference for me. I I still, I had it on my list of all-time quarterback ranking. Brett Favre is higher than Aaron Rodgers on my list. I think the talent is not that far off. Go look at Air, Brett Favre's highlights from 94 to 01, and everyone is like, we've never seen Patrick Mahomes before. Go watch Brett Favre. Any highlights? Big highlights from 94 to like 01. The dude is literally the definition of the gunslinger. He he throws the ball at all the weird angles, absolute monster cannon shots, aggressive, played a, a style of football that uh, was Iron Man-esque. Uh, he's got a legendary status in that regard. And so, uh, and again, I think what it comes down to, if you honestly said, 
Dan Vasco, it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. You're down by six. You have a minute and 20 and no timeouts left. Aaron and Brett. I would yeah, take he'd probably Brett. take Brett. Yeah, I would take yeah, Brett. Yeah. I think that that alone for a franchise like the Packers who expect to be in those moments, I think that says a ton. Uh, Aaron will probably Aaron has a chance to on how many more years he plays to pass Brett. Brett's five oh eight in all time passes. That's fourth all time. Aaron is fifth all time, which shocked me. I didn't realize he was that high up. Four forty nine. Yeah, four forty nine. Yeah, yeah. Now in yards. Uh, Brett is at 71,000. Aaron probably will never catch Brett. He needs um, 16,000 more yards. He's at 55. So he, uh, you know, he needs to. He needs four more years. Four more years uh, of passing. But, you know, and, and realistically, if he had a, you know, 250, 240 touchdown years, he'd pass him in the touchdown. So I, I think stats-wise, you can make the case for Brett. I mean, Aaron, obviously, the biggest thing Aaron has going for him right now, in my opinion, is it looks like he'll only play his career with the Packers. So that endears him to the franchise. And his interceptions, the lack of interceptions are incredible. But I think it's to a detriment now we've seen in the history of his career. He's not as aggressive as you need him to be to lead your team to victories. It is kind of funny, like, how completely opposite they are as players and to go back-to-back with them. Yeah. Both be Hall of Famers, but both be Hall of Famers in completely different ways. It's yes. kind of remarkable. Final point I'll make in this as well. You could make the argument, and I and I honestly believe it, as far as just pure raw talent goes, they may be two of two of the top three or five most talented people to just play the position. Like pure talent yeah. at playing quarterback. Brett and Aaron are there. I mean, they are there. It's a, t- it's a, it's a toss up. I think the public would lean 60, 40 Aaron, but check again in like 20 years on that. I think it may be closer to 50, 50. I think Aaron gets a lot of shine right now. Uh, Cause he's favored, but I think Brett to me is still going to be, uh, he's t- me right now, unless Aaron has an immaculate last couple of years, uh, Brett Favre has uh, had the better NFL career. That's a fair point with the staying power. Uh, I, I will be interested to see in a couple decades how their legacies are viewed after uh, the dust has settled. Uh, next up, Vikings. Uh, no, it is not Christian Ponder. I know no. he thought that might Cole be Pepper, uh, no, I thought like, about for a half a second, then I was like yeah, dumb brain. Yeah, yeah. Then I was like dumb brain. Uh, hey, I mean, you know, Jeff George had uh, like one or two years where he was uh, just absolutely throwing bombs yeah, to right. Randy Moss. But no, it's, it's Fran Tarkenton and uh, – one of my favorite quarterbacks, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, but yeah, the dude revolutionized the position and was the first uh, true uh, scrambling yeah. uh, quarterback, scrambling Fran, as it were. Buccaneers, um, you know, we could have gone some different ways, but it, it, Tom Brady does it for us because after the season, it's going to be three years with the team, uh, won a Super Bowl to come back to the playoffs again uh, the following year. He's already, you know, established uh, himself as the 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 uh, Patriots era Tom Brady and the Buccaneers era Tom Brady, similar to the way kind of Peyton Manning had his yes. two phase career. I think it's fair enough to consider Brady a part of the Buccaneers quarterbacks uh, era. But Tom Brady through has thrown so far, basically nine thousand nine hundred forty nine yards. Let's call it ten thousand yards for the Bucks. He's going to play another year. He's going to play, probably throw for at least 4,000 yards. So you'd argue by the end of this year, Tom Brady 
will have had 14,000 yards for the Bucs. That will put him most likely second all-time behind Jameis Winston and only behind Jameis by less than 4,000 yards. Jameis is just under 20,000. Tom Brady, by the end of this year, if he throws, uh, give me quick math, 90, 103, 113. If he throws 38 touchdowns, he will have tied Jameis Winston for most touchdown passes in Bucs history. So he's already second all time. So stats-wise, he's right there behind Jameis Winston, who's the all-time leader in uh for them so you can't really like you can't just be like whoa the stats and and honestly what he's done for them brad johnson to me i would have put ahead of Jameis because he got him to that super bowl and won that super bowl right. and so i think tom it's a well, no i would say he got that he got them well no no yeah, but yeah, yeah. yes you're right no yeah. you know i would say it's a no-brainer that uh that james that uh, tom brady's number one james you probably argue too and it's funny the Bucks all-time list, like you go through, you start looking at all these all-time lists for certain teams, dude. Oh my God. It is uh the Bucks are with the Bears for this look of just like good. That is just brutal. Quarterback history just brutal. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it has not been a good run of quarterbacks in the, the Buccaneers history. Uh that's for sure. Um next up uh is another one we uh we do not have a disagreement on. Uh, and yeah, that an would be one. the, uh, the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton. Um, I would say if, if 2015 didn't happen, there'd be an argument for Jake DeLome because of yeah. uh, him being the, the first to bring them to the Super Bowl and being a, a fixture and kind of them creating the culture, uh, there in Carolina and really like tasting success for the first time with Jake DeLome. I think it'd be closer when uh, a couple of years ago now, or uh, just over a year, I should say, we did the top 10 Panthers list with uh, several other beat reporters, um, kind of compiling the list the same way that uh, ESPN did the top 10 quarterbacks. You know, DeLome was number nine, and, um, and Cam was, was all the way at uh, number three. But I think that gap is closed if you take out an MVP season. But it's not fair to take out an MVP season. Yeah. The guy was incredible. Um, and, and, and Cam has certainly a, the best quarterback. Cam just talent wise, even though he, he burned very bright, very quickly, it's easy to look at that and go for a young franchise like the Panthers. I think it's going to take a long, it's going to take a while for a quarterback to be able to eclip, eclipse yeah. Cam. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think he's got the staying power with the Panthers for a long time. He's not a Hall of Famer. I think if he would have had another two years of his peak, maybe another deep postseason run. And um, maybe another MVP or something like that. You could make the argument for the Hall of Fame yeah. for Cam. I mean, just on the rushing touchdowns alone at the position, no. how unique that is. I mean, he already has yeah. that locked up. He uh, just fizzled so quickly, so rapid, so rapid decline. Like Saints him and Drew Brees. Yeah. <laughs> but a final point of Cam is like, and I yeah, agree. Yeah. This is stolen from Colin Coward, and he nails it. Him and Russell Westbrook are the same guy. They're the same guy. Now Russ will be a Hall of Famer because the best was a little different, but. They're like the same guy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, like a major skill set, and uh, and uh, just didn't have the uh, the wins and the uh, both eccentric the, too. The, 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 yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, so yeah, Saints, Drew Brees, no argument Easy. there. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan, again, no Easy. argument there. Seahawks, Russell Wilson, 
Uh, no argument there. I, I know some might uh, might might try and throw, uh, you know, Rick, Me- not Rick Meyer. Um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Craig, Dave yeah. Craig, um, for for how long he was there in the success. But no, it's Russell Wilson, no yep. doubt. Cardinals, we come to a an impasse here. Uh, you put Jim Hart, and uh, I put Kyler Murray, uh, and uh, that's so. This is so my fairly surprising. Of my bias. Yeah. I don't think I look, I would have put Kurt Warner by the way, but I don't know if we can, you know, I, it's, it's hard because we, we count Tom, you know, in the, in the bucks um, era, it's, it was more like Kurt was brought in so late and had that one magical run. Yes. And that was it. If Kurt uh, would have Tom won a then Super came Bowl, back and takes them to the playoffs and does well. If yeah. Kurt would have won that Super Bowl, he ought, he would have got it for me. Yeah. But yeah. my problem with Kurt was, he was there the same time that Carson Palmer was there and they had very similar runs and Palmer's numbers were better. Now right. Palmer yeah, didn't have yeah, the yeah. long Palmer didn't have the playoff success that Kurt did with that one run uh, with the magic of Larry Fitzgerald. Um, but you know, there's other names like Jake Plummer. I, you, you, you could toss that around. Um, but apparently Jim Hart. And again, I don't know. I didn't know much about Jim Hart, but when you start to look at the stats, you're like, Oh, well, he, he really does dominate the stats for their franchise. And he was their starter for, um, for 17 years. I mean, he, he, he was the long, like, so I, I just couldn't, yes, I agree that Kyler Murray, given another, you know, especially if he signs his max deal, you Kyler Murray's an easy one to slot in the trajectory to slot in within the next couple of years. And I probably won't argue it. But for right now, it's a little – I'm not high on Kyler. I have a little anti-Kyler thing, and I and so I'm going to give Jim Hart his due right now. Yeah. I mean, he he was – he had a losing record in his career, and um, and only – That's when quarterbacks like just stayed. Passes. So that's why I was like, any few yeah. more interceptions than touchdowns. Yes, but that's when quarterbacks just stayed with the team, and they just yeah, – had that yeah. was your guy. No doubt, but it also wasn't the thirties or forties, you know, like, no, he's 66 to 83. I mean, he had a long run. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he did have a long run, but it was also the era where like you weren't given as much of a leash on having a 50% completion percentage. Yeah. Um, but, but that being said, I mean, it's fair. Like I'm not going to argue too much. He played forever. He's, he's probably in terms of, um, stranglehold on the franchise, yeah. Uh, he's there. I think Kyler will certainly be there uh, as long as he's not traded uh, by the end of his, his career. Cause Hart for all those years only had 34,000 passing. Um, the 49ers yeah. clear it's Montana. Obvious. The Rams. We both had Kurt Warner as well. Uh, the Cowboys, Roger Staubach. Um, it's not, it's not you know, Danny and, White. It's not uh, there, were Romo, some people, there were some but, people I was worried about. They would say, um, the Rams, like, oh well, what? It, where does Stafford fit? Stafford would have to win. He Stafford would have to stay yeah, with the Rams not, another. Not, he's no, got no. a lot of work to do to pass Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner went to two Super Bowls, so Stafford has a. It's weird to think this, but I think Stafford has a chance to be in that conversation, depending on what his career looks like with the Rams when it's done in like five years. Four I mean, or five he's years. still young. If he plays yeah. to 38, 39, Again, that's that's a whole years. career with one team. If you win, if he wins another Super Bowl over the next five years, 
maybe wins an MVP and like, like I'm just saying it's not, don't say it's crazy that that could be a legitimate argument right, right. for Stafford to have two franchises, which is crazy, but it's not that crazy. All right. We move on. Yeah. Staubach, yeah and, and the reason Brady gets the bucks isn't necessarily because of what Brady did. It's what no, no one else, what everyone else failed to do. <laughs> yeah. But Brady, did, Brady uh, has done, Brady has done incredible things. So it's yeah. Yeah. But he didn't have a Warner to go up against. If Warner yeah. was was in the Bucks, we'd it's put like Warner Peyton Manning at, with the Broncos. The it's like yeah. Peyton with the Broncos. Peyton is probably the second greatest Broncos quarterback of all time. It's not really close. Problem is you have you have a you have a, a goat there with with the with John Elway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Giants, Eli Manning. Not much of a disagreement yeah, there uh, for could, those like I, YA Tittle fans. Uh, nah, it's not not. Yeah, no, not I, I think there's you know there's. I think there's a little bit of like a Phil Sims, you know, maybe like yeah, maybe you, you like hardcore, hardcore older Giants fans might say something, but again, I think, I think Eli wins that seventy percent of the vote for Giants fans for sure. Washington is Sammy Baugh slinging Sammy Baugh. They're like and, the Bears, uh, historic franchise, and when you look at their history, you it's it's brutal. I mean, quarterback history just brutal. Theismann and then the injury, uh, you know. There were times with Williams and it yeah, just Theisman was close. Like I, I would yeah. say it's very close there, but yeah. I, I agree. I give the edge to Sammy Baugh as well, especially for how influential uh, he was for, for his time too. He was kind of ahead of his yeah. time in a lot of ways. Very much so. Uh, the Eagles is another one we have a disagreement with. You have Donovan McNabb. I, I say Randall Cunningham. And I, so I give um, you, I give you the floor to convince me because I, I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities between the two. There um, are. There are. Uh, McNabb has beat him in passing yards by 10,000. He's got more touchdowns. He's got less interceptions. Yeah. They both played for 10 years. He played more games over the 10 years, Donovan. I thought Donovan, uh, I, you know, um, was is a uh, great runner. Randall was just as, just as good of a, a runner as well. So there's some similarities there i it's tight but the eagles are one of those weird situations where i think a lot of people would also argue like what about what about Jorarski? what about ron like there's like where did you go where like cunningham over them i mean i leaned this was tough for me i leaned towards donovan because the stats and being younger modern game bigger size i think donovan um i you know donovan McNabb, if he's in the draft this year like he that dude's still really successful in the modern nfl yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not in like total disagreement. For me, it was insanely close. It was. I, I went back yeah. and forth uh, on that one. Uh, part of it was uh, I thought. You know, I feel like if Randall was the quarterback of the Eagles when Donovan was, their careers would be almost identical. If not, yeah, Randall maybe a little bit more elevated. I think Randall was so much ahead of his time, uh, and Randall Randall's teams weren't very weren't very good. You know, he didn't have, I feel like he elevated guys a lot more and was a bigger reason for their winning than maybe McNabb was to the Eagles. Um, when you yeah. factor in the, the T.O. and Westbrook and, you know, Brian Dawkins in his prime, like, yes, some absolute beasts um, outside of, you know, like a, a, a Ricky Waters. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that Philly uh, had, you know, those dominant players um, that McNabb was able to work with. 
so part part of that was what kind of went into that uh for me um and another factor of it was just how spectacular of a of a player Randall Cunningham was yeah he so, deserves you know, credit I guess that's more of a preference thing than anything else to me yeah. in terms of like watching his highlights the guy was so incredibly talented and he had a good winning percentage with the team just like McNabb did um but McNabb's got the stats no question and McNabb's got the Super Bowl and the, and the championship appearances uh McNabb also had Andy Reid uh so a, a lot of that I feel like when it comes down to it they're relatively awash uh, stats wise, Donovan gets the edge. I think overall talent, Randall gets the edge. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where I kind of landed on it and it made you know, for a good conversation. It's funny. I will say, I think that, um, I, I think McNabb, it's part of it for me was too, is like McNabb was that era of football that I just fell in love with football and like watching it yeah. being, you know, yeah. in 2001, 2002, being 12 years old. And like McNabb was so good and electric and those, those Eagles teams and the, in their NFC championship runs. And that final uh, Super Bowl run, um, I, I have a, I just a little, maybe a little soft spot for McNabb as well. But I think he deserves, he deserves that spot. And I think it'd be very close. I think, I think if you pulled Eagles fans, it'd be close. I think it'd be, you know, 40, 40, 30, you know, 40, 40, 20, maybe with Jaworski, Cunningham, and McNabb. I think it'd be very, very close. For sure. Yeah. Another and, close know, one a- is up next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, the next close one. Um, comes to us with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and um, it it is close, and it's not at the same time for me. Uh, it's kind of one of those weird ones. I I've always you know maintained that in terms of talent and um, you know, just general quarterback play, Roethlisberger is the clear best. But I mean, you got to give. Uh, Bradshaw credit for winning four te- championships. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's not an easy feat. Uh, and, and despite having the best defense um, of that generation, they still were able to win four titles. So uh, you, you got to make it a somewhat close battle just because of that alone. But when you look at the stats, I mean, it's not even, it's not even close. It's like Ben, Ben is yeah. so much better. Part of it is, I think, I think even Terry would admit that Ben is the better Steelers quarterback. Yeah. Like that, and that, he has, and, he has acknowledged that. And I think, um, I think if Ben had only gotten one, then you, you have to. I think you have to stay with, 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 uh, uh, Terry. But as soon as he gets two and multiple, especially in a modern NFL, where I think it's maybe harder to win multiple Super Bowls in a way. I mean, maybe Tom's proving it's not, but. And being it, uh, such a vital reason to that second one. Yes, I mean, he, he, he was, almost single-handedly won it for them at the end of the game. Ben developed. Ben, from yeah. Super Bowl one to where Ben's career ended, I mean, he went from Terry Bradshaw, like a game manager with a big arm who could find a way to help you win, to, no, 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 this dude is a legit top three, top four quarterback in the NFL at all times that he was playing at his peak. Um all right, uh, the next one, Dan, I think this one is one, again, it feels like a little bit like the Cardinals, like we need to have this conversation again in a couple of years. But right now, to me, it's Joe Flacco for the Ravens. Yeah, I agree with you, too, um, because, you know, for for all of the mundanity, if that's a word. Yes, um, I agree. He, uh, that, that he provided, uh, he's never a sexy pick for, like, anything. Uh, yeah. He was a really solid player for them. He was a, a huge part. 
I mean, he earned the respect of everyone in the league, especially in the AFC North, for being a quarterback that could live up to those rivalries and the toughness. And yeah. that 2012 playoff run, one of the greatest playoff runs that a quarterback has ever had. Uh, and so you got to give him credit for that. Despite their, you know, having some legendary defenses, he was a huge reason for that championship team that year. And so you got to put him there because he got them over the hump. I mean, Trent Dilfer won despite Trent Dilfer, and he's even acknowledged that. Like that yeah. defense was un, was all worldly. Um, the Ravens won in large part of, in a lot of ways because of Flacco at at big times. So you got to give him the edge for that. And really, I mean. Um, by the way, we considered the Ravens their own, despite them technically being the old Browns. Yeah, we're, the, we're, the Browns are the we're Browns. the old Browns and the new Browns as one. The Ravens are their own thing uh, yeah. just because of the differences in the franchises. And, and we and think most people think that way as well. Correct. Like when you think Correct. of Jim Brown, you don't think Ravens great. Like he is a Brown. And even though they're, the, they're technically that same franchise, as soon as they renamed themselves, it was like they rebooted and started their own thing. And as soon as the Browns came back, then it's like, all right, they just pick up the history of what was the Cleveland Browns as well. Um, moving on, Dan, uh, the next one to the Bengals. I think, again, this is a, a, a tricky one. I went with Ken Anderson, 15 years, uh, all-time passing leader. He serves yards. He's uh, Dalton's got a couple more touchdown throws than him. He threw a lot more interceptions than Dalton, but, I mean, Again, a guy that helped the Bengals be pretty relevant at, at times during a during a really rough stretch. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's kind of a toss-up. If you want to go Boomer, Andy, Carson, or Ken, I, I mean, I wouldn't fight you too much. I, I Carson is, to me, very much, you know, his stats, what he did in six years is so much of like, well, that's the modern NFL. And he's, I think, even with Joe Burrow, still the most talented guy the Bengals have ever had. Um, he's just such a good talent, but I mean, he only played there for six years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think Palmer would be the close second for me um, based on what he did and, and the talent level, but yeah, it's Ken Anderson to me. He's the, he's the, one of the biggest snubs of the, uh, the hall of fame at the quarterback position. Uh, obviously other positions, you know, Roger Craig, I think might be yeah. the number one uh, greatest non hall of fame player, but Kenny Anderson, uh, I think deserves to be in the hall of fame. And so thus, uh, he deserves to be uh, the greatest Bengals quarterback for the Browns. Th this was pretty much a no brainer. I mean, obviously you didn't have anyone to pick from for the last 30 years. Bernie Kosar yeah. was the only other one in consideration in and my it's funny, view, but it's, it's, he was the first name that came to my head. And then yeah. I was like, that's not right. And I went back. I was like, oh, that's right. No, 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 autogram, autogram, autogram. Yeah. Yeah. Handful of championships for autogram and, uh, and uh, just an absolute legend in terms of the lore of the NFL. Uh, Baker uh, is the fourth all-time leading passer for the Browns. Yeah, that's and, you know that doesn't surprise me. That's and uh, uh, and so crazy. and he so played uh, four years. Yeah, <laughs> fourth all-time. Wild. Uh, the Colts is uh, Peyton Manning, and uh, it's a shame because Andrew Luck is so freaking good. If he played for you know the Texans, he'd be the the easy shoe he in would. there. But uh, he it, would. It's, 100% Peyton Manning all day. Uh, Texans, Matt Schaub, corn on the Schaub, as uh, my fantasy team was uh, for many years. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, it's one of those that's hard because I think Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, it, it's one of those things where I, I just don't know if Texans fans want to claim him. If I was a Texans fan, I wouldn't want to claim him at this point in time. 
Uh, I think it's but also he, he just uh, didn't he didn't play that long for that. I mean, he didn't like he, he won if we went to a Super Bowl or like a couple yeah. championship games. Then you could be like, all right, well, he did so much in, in a small amount of time, but yeah. he didn't. I but mean, I what, think Matt Schaub is the right game? choice. I think he's the right choice. Yeah. The Titans, and we're counting this as the Houston Oilers as well. Yes, they get this the is a, This is where we disagree. So I, I understand. I understand you have Warren Moon, and I go Steve McNair. So I love Warren Moon. I am a huge Warren Moon fan. Steve McNair, though, is the type of guy, do I feel like, represents the franchise like in a way of like it's tough i may be in the minority here but i may i think this is one of those where you might actually if you interviewed a bunch of people on this one i think it could be really really close 50 50 i think either is a great choice and um and i think that i you know it's again it gets personal like i watched steve mcnair for all those years and in that mvp season with a co-mvp with peyton manning and who he was as, as a, as a player and as a person. Um, I, it's tough, but I, I went with Monero over moon, but I know Warren's Warren moon's the better player. So it's a weird choice. I know. I mean, yeah, moon's a hall of famer. McNair's not. And so that's yeah. really, that is my argument for it. Um, You're probably right. The, the uh, that is actually the end of our disagreement. So we'll rifle through the end here. Okay. Um, and then I have some breaking news for you. Oh, okay. I haven't uh, seen it. So don't no. look it up because uh, I'll let you be surprised by this. I and won't. It, uh, it, it involves the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Jaguars have uh, Mark Brunel there. Uh, we both do. Uh, that's pretty clear. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say in about two years, Trevor Lawrence is uh, going to be that guy uh, in the yeah, in give category. It, give it end of the rookie rookie contract. Yeah. David Garrard had some good years with them, though. I I don't know if Mark Brunel necessarily dominates in this department. Uh, you know, Byron Leftwich had a couple good years, uh, but I, I would say Garrard uh, is close. Chargers, Dan Fouts, we agree on that one, although certainly Phil Rivers has a case, um, but I think we both agree Fouts uh, yeah. had the stats and the success. Uh, you know, Rivers just never got over the hump ever. It's very and Fouts, close. It's not like he won a Super Bowl, but yeah, he he had success for sustained. And Fouts, success. it's hard because it's kind of like if Fouts is in the Hall of Fame, Rivers should be. You know what I mean? They it kind yeah, of equal yeah. out. But then it's also one of those things where it's like that's why the NFL Hall of Fame is tough because when Fouts retired, what he had done was so mind-boggling. Now we see yeah. guys like Rivers all the time throw up the 4, stats. So, yeah, I think Fouts, to me personally, if I was a Chargers fan, I would lean towards Fouts as, like, our historic better quarterback. But Rivers is right there, right there. Very close. Uh, the Chiefs, Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably not debatable, although obviously the success of Len Dawson uh, can't go unnoticed. It's just, no. you know, Mahomes is already. He's done enough already. The franchise leader and <laughs> so many yeah. things. Um the Raiders, Kenny Stabler. Obviously, there have been guys, the Rich Gannons, the the Plunkets. Well, Derek um, Carr has the stats, been, but you just can't does. take that. You, that's why you can't just look at the stats. Right, right. The the championship, and uh, you know, um, Derek Carr doesn't win games while smoking cigarettes uh, in no. the game. So uh, until he does that, but I'll Kenny tell you Stabler. what, though, Carr has a chance because. Definitely he does. Played yeah, there, he's got to win a title, though. There's seven years, Stabler nine. He's already got all the stats, and I think he doesn't necessarily have to win a title, but he's one of those, if he plays another five years with the Raiders, 
another couple playoff runs bringing, you know, cause Stabler also played a time with Madden and the Raiders. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, it's dynasty the Raiders, Like what Derek's been able to do with uh, the franchise. That's just not what they used to be. You know what I mean? They're a, they're yeah, considered yeah. a lower level franchise. Now I think that does say something. So he's got a chance, yeah. but he's got to just really keep blowing you away and play certainly over 10 years with the franchise for me to feel more comfortable going that direction. Fair enough. Uh, the Broncos, John Elway, no question. Easy. Patriots, Tom Brady, no question. Easy. Uh, the Bills, Jim Kelly, that's also pretty easy. Yeah. Um, well, again, although, it's you know, one obviously in a few years, it's, that's Allen. another one. Because let me look up where those stats are at already. It's just crazy to go to four straight Super Bowls. That, it, it blows is. my mind that that's possible. Obviously, Jim, and Jim's a Hall of Fame town. He's got great stats, 35,000 yeah. yards. Uh, he was there for 10 years, 160 games, 237 touchdowns. And he was Buffalo, right? Like, he, yeah. he embodied Now, Josh Buffalo. Allen, in Josh Allen, his short time, I mean, his stats are already um, – by this time next year, he will be the third all-time in everything in Buffalo behind Jim and Joe Ferguson. Um, well, that's an interesting thing for Who's the Bills. Joe, I don't even know who Joe, Joe Ferguson, Ferguson is. Listen to this. Joe Ferguson, from 90, he was their quarterback from 73 to 84. So nine years. Threw for 27,000 yards. Well, 11. That'd be 11 years, right? Uh, 11 years. And then it went straight into Jim Kelly. He literally, there was a, only a two-year break from him and Jim Kelly. They almost had really solid, stable quarterback play for 23 years, really, wow. the, with the Bills. Um, yeah, that's kind of crazy. But it drops off really drastically after Josh Allen, because then it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor's in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, it gets ugly quickly for the Bills. But Jim Kelly still holds that. Josh Allen is on his way to passing him. The trajectory's there, but not not yet. Dan Marino with the Dolphins. Easy. Easy. And Joe Namath with the Jets. That's it's crazy that we're there. Um, you know, I'd you you could probably maybe eh, I don't know. Like, could you make an argument that Chad Pennington has a case to be made? Um, um let me look. I mean, I'm gonna check first with just I just want to see. I forget about Bob Greasy. So yeah, Marino Greasy. Tannehill's third on all that list. I mean, Marino's yeah, obviously yeah. number one, but, but Marino, it, it, in my head, I kept thinking to myself, there's no one close. But I mean, Bob yeah, Greasy's I mean, real quarterback. Close. Um, uh, let me look up the Jets. Let's let's do Jets real quick. I have it all. It's all through Pro Football Focus too, where I'm Pro Football Reference. Excuse me, where I'm getting all of this stuff from. All right, uh, the Jets. Namath is the leader in everything. Um, Ken O'Brien is second. He played eight years, yeah, yeah. 24,000 yards. Um, Richard Todd is third. And then Chad Pennington. I would go Pennington probably second because his stats. I mean, well, I mean, Ken O'Brien's got much better stats from, from all things considered and only played. Two I honestly years forgot more. about Ken O'Brien. I, I think you yeah. still got to go with the Namath and what he, what he Name it is number one. Absolutely. Yeah, just how Absolutely. important uh, that that was. So that, that wraps it up. We only had a, a, a few disagreements there. And yeah. um, it's an interesting right, conversation. Are you ready I'm for this breaking, breaking news? news. No, I'm, I'm excited right. to tell you. It's right, not a bombshell. Ahead. It's not anything unreal. But the Bears have a, a new wide receiver in town. They uh, traded for Nikhil Harry, the former first-round pick. They send a oh. seventh-rounder, a 2024 seventh-rounder, to New England 
in exchange for Nikhil Harry, who is uh, on the final final year of his rookie deal and uh, will be an unrestricted free agent next year. So Bears had a big Kevin body. Brown, it's not, I don't hate the move. I like it. A 2024 seventh rounder. What a disaster yeah. for the Patriots. You go from drafting this guy, round. Tom Brady, as a first rounder to, you know, it's one of those things, too, where the Bears hope, you know, he doesn't have the pressure of being number one. He doesn't have the pressure of being in New England. Maybe in your system and your uh, just uh, – uh, and you're taking a flyer. I mean, th- that's a flyer. Seventh-round picks probably not going to make your roster, so I'm willing to give up seventh-round picks for a guy to, to, as, to bring him into camp right here before it starts. Yeah. I really do like that move. If Nikhil Harry could come on in and be a big body wide receiver at the goal line and you have certain packages for him and, you know, to maybe be a, a third target for fields, you know, Mooney is your number one. I, I don't hate that at all. I don't hate that at all. Seventh rounder. Uh, they, they, they needed size too. I mean, they, yeah. they were lacking size in the receiver room. If you give up anything more than that, it's a little, it could be a little questionable, but, uh, interesting too that the Patriots just willing to dump him at that point. That must have just gotten sour. Must have gotten bad there with his agent. He didn't want to be there. He probably had that first round pick energy of like you know I deserve this or whatever. And um, you know he gets a chance to come to a place where there's not a lot of options to throw the ball to. So uh, I like it. Wow, this is interesting. I JJ Zachariasen um, said that Nikhil Harry is younger than Velas Jones, the Bears rookie wide receiver. That's funny. 24 years old. Yeah. Velas ah. Jones, he is a he was a fifth year and he had some time um you know, I think with the COVID years too. It's crazy. I I don't know how years work anymore. It, it is crazy. But you know what? You though, all of a sudden like, you start to kind of like the look, the look of that. If you have Mooney as your one who's very much a digs type of number one, not small, but very fluid, you know, kind of that OBJ body with uh, um, Jones, who is your absolute kind of, uh, 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 what's his name from uh, San Francisco? He's your he's your um, bigger slot guy who you're going to get the ball in his hands in different ways. Like Brandon Ayuk um, or? No, what's his name? The one who's who everyone Debo? loves. Debo. He's a oh, Debo okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more physical, stout, almost yeah, looks like kind yeah. of like a running back. Um, him in your slot. And if Nikhil Harry can develop into anything to be a third option, on the other side as a big target, then, you know, absolutely 24 years old. You, you take a shot at him. And if he doesn't make your roster, you wasted a seventh rounder. You, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this can't hurt you. You're, you're never nope. going to good move by Pauls. Look at that uh, bears uh, news. And it let's go. Bear <laughs> that's right. That's right. Always good. Got to got to throw some of that in there for sure. But that's been fun. Uh, we had a lot to go over today, and so it was a jam packed show. Um, yeah, and uh, we have a lot more to look forward to as a uh, training camp is about two weeks away. So we're gonna yeah. have to start to get a lot of those reports, a lot of news, see some of these quarterback competitions shape uh, shape up, and uh, and uh, yet yeah, we'll obviously have a, a lot more movement uh, going on. Uh, in, in various ways. We'll see what happens with Jimmy G. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good one. Any, uh, any final words, Mark, before we end? No, here? no, no, no. Uh, just uh, keep staying tuned. We may have a break here or there as we yeah. kind of finish up our summer and before we dive head first, you know, cause we don't want to miss once August starts, we don't want to miss shows. We want to be with you from August through the end of the Super Bowl. So uh, uh, however you're following us on Twitter, on YouTube, on our Facebook page, uh, just stay posted and we'll keep you posted and uh, 
And uh, football season is uh, is so close. So close. We can taste it. Crazy. It's already here. Oh, and we're going to have the NFL Top 100 coming up yes. soon, right? That'll be I, fun I to rip apart. So we rip that apart. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you all here soon. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just stay safe out there.